0: And now, weighing in, out of the blue corner, Josh the Punk Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red
1: corner,
2: Big John McCarthy nice. Well, hello to everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Weighing In Podcast, where me and my man, the punk Josh Thompson, are going to talk about everything going on in MMA. Some boxing coming up, we're going to talk about that a whole lot of discussion about guys like nate diaz who's nate diaz oh he's that guy that is a free agent got so much going on <laughs> he's What's that my rich man? rich guy but before we get started he's gonna be rich if he's not rich
1: before now before we get started on anything it is october 12th and guess what that day is hello podcast dave roll them film let's go buddy
2: <laughs> producer roll
1: that roll that film producer <laughs> i love this
2: oh jesus christ there he is my man he is the man moral one now, i love this guy playing his music <laughs> big john what is up brother happy happy horrendous. 60th birthday you look younger than me man you, um, you look younger you, you look younger than your co-host josh as well what the fuck <laughs> Bro, you're you doing me dirty. It, brother. Uh, you're on the Mount Rushmore of MMA. You're a freaking legend. 60 is the new 30. All right? So keep <laughs> he's, doing the damn thing. Do. He's fucking normal. lying to you. He's crushing it. See you out there. I don't know what that means. See you out there. You in, <laughs> Just look at that race car <laughs> he's in. Happy Jeez.
0: birthday, dude. I'm surprised hey, he can fit in that Porsche. What's going oh. on, 60 years old. You got me by a year. Actually, Jeez. it's a half a year. I'm 59 and a half now. It is. Yes. <laughs> He looks good. So I am so lucky actually, with those new veneers. If I was there, I would turn you over and spank you just like I did Tito. And oh, you know what? His corner wouldn't be going crazy saying he's tapping. Throw it, throw it so shade, throw we it shade. That fight, I gotta tell you, love it. <laughs> I love Big it.
1: John, the ace boom coon,
3: my man, who got me into Bellator. Hey, I want to wish you a happy. 60th birthday, my guy, turn up, throw one up for me, you know what I'm saying, pop bottles for me, uh, <laughs> man, bottles? happy birthday, Big John, happy birthday.
0: He said, Ralph, you all Since it's your birthday, I was going to say something funny about you, tell some funny story, but I'm afraid of you, you're going <laughs> to choke me out if I do that, happy birthday, my friend, enjoy your day. Boys. What up Big
2: John? That That man has never been afraid of me. First
0: of all, you got an amazing woman, man. She got me from all the way out there in those mountains
2: while I was doing (laughs) my hunting trip trying to find an elk to come down and wish you, Big John, a special happy birthday, man. Happy 60th birthday, Dad. Just want to share a memory I had when I was 15 years old and I thought it was the coolest thing ever that my dad was allowing me to play a drinking game with him. Unfortunately (laughs) that game was bullshit and it involved cheap tequila. And uh, me losing just about every round. Uh, <laughs> and then it involved a dune buggy ride afterwards just to make sure I really felt the effects of the alcohol. Hey, that's... happy Big six o to the legend in yeah. mixed martial arts this is history, great. Big John. Happy birthday, John.
1: Big John oh, Gold that, here. That's a good I'm going to use my big brain. That's awesome. I was yeah. one of the
0: roasters at your Old 50th. You are now 60, that's 10 years, that's a decade. (laughs) Wow. Big brain, thank you for
1: always having my back. Thank you for always being my big brother. And thank you for moving to the broadcast position so that you don't block every single camera
0: with that eclipse (laughs) of a backside that you happen to possess. It is pretty big, John? Are you ready? Let's get it on.
1: John got got that big hammer. (laughs)
0: Happy birthday. Oh shit! Happy
1: birthday <laughs> to you Yeah, John. That's it, my man. Sixty years old. I'm 57 Jeez. years young. You're 60 years old, and that's how all your friends, you your older friends, your same age friends, are going to sing to you a happy birthday song. What's what? up,
4: big John? Oh I wanna wish you a happy oh, birthday. Dude. The dirty jerseys. So look good, brother. Have yourself a day, my man.
2: John, Thomas River, baby, very this is great. Happy 60th birthday, and I got to tell you, it's kind of caught me by surprise. I really thought you were much older. <laughs> hey, big John, I heard you turn uh, 65. <laughs> uh, I just want to wish you a happy birthday. Hope you make it a, yes! an incredible 70th birthday. Um, <laughs> it's really good for being 85 years old. I'm really impressed with yes. uh, everything you've done. Uh, <laughs> seriously, just want to say thanks for everything you've done for me, um, especially done for the sport, but then uh, allowed me to tag along with you for a little bit. I uh, hope you have a great birthday uh love to you lane take care guy what's up it's the italian gangster here <laughs> Wanted oh, to wish the fucking og big john a happy birthday i had to get some f-bombs uh, in would there would not be what it is today without you we're all grateful for you and it's i hope good. you have a great day my man He's hi good. Joe mcguard oh, no. how are you i can't oh, no. wish
0: it best <laughs> birthday to you
3: and man here watch my second fight with Minus Kinnan and evicta and you are living free <laughs> Let's just if say if Miss McCarthy proud. reached out to her yeah. to be able to call him my friend. And it, I w- you know, I hope he's Jesus. proud of the work that we do, but I'm really grateful for that. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful birthday. Hey, Big John. Happy like
2: birthday, It's like you died.
3: Uh, I don't want to say <laughs> I just thought it was crying. icon in
2: our sport, really innovative. Of really made MMA what it is uh, to be legend and remembered for many, many, many years for contribution to the sport that we all love. Big John
4: oh, McCarthy's It's,
1: my, it's our listener, Amanda, percent. right there. Our I mean, listener. I'm working
4: at a football game, but there's just nowhere I would rather be than working with you and having you tell me gruesome stories at the breakfast table or wherever we
1: are during a fight thank you so much for everything you do for me and everybody
0: else have a great birthday
1: two feet in the head baby i wish
4: all the best on your
2: 60th birthday enjoy your day my friend
0: what's going on big john just want to wish you a happy birthday and hope you enjoy the day um just live life to the fullest and make the best of it I'll see you in Chicago.
1: What's up, Big John? Patrice Pitbull here. I just want to wish you a happy birthday and enjoy your day, my friend.
2: Happy birthday, Big John. (laughs) Um, Okay, so one of my favorite memories of you, actually one of my first memories of you, was the first fight that you ever refed for me. And we're in the back room, in the locker room. You're going over the rules. And after you're done, you're like, do you have any questions? Like, Yeah. Do you have any daughters? Because I feel like I just got a stern lecture from my dad before (laughs) going out with friends. So anyway, just wanted to wish you a very, very she did say that. Thank you for mentoring me throughout my fight career. Thank you for always being there. Um, And yeah, also thank you for taking a picture with my husband because he's a huge fan. Happy birthday, (laughs) Big John! (laughs) Big Sasquatch and wish Big John a happy birthday.
1: Big Sasquatch, Big Big John, out there for
2: me throughout my life. I love you. Happy birthday, Dad.
0: I hope you have an amazing 60th birthday, buddy. We miss you terribly. And it goes from
1: two words, actually. Oshi, which means push, and Shinobu, which means endure. To push and to endure. That's you behind the walker. Right. You behind me. the walker. That was great,
2: man. That was awesome. Jeez. Well, thank you very much. I got to thank uh, anybody. Josh, thank you. My I know my wife; yeah. she had to give up stuff for that. So thank you, Dave. Thank you.
1: Hey, the hardest part that
2: the best part is Patricio's wish me happy and there was no fuck you yes. at all in there. I love that. <laughs> Fuck you! Hey, fuck the hardest her. part, John, was getting the videos and
1: sending it. them in the group chat, and then your wife not opening them while she's standing next to you. That was the hardest part. She's like, "Don't, don't text it to me right now. Don't do this. Don't send me this. Don't call me right now. Don't call me." She kept sending me texts, and I'm like, "Hey, calm down." <laughs> and then obviously it was that. Yeah, it was great, man. Everyone was really great. I even got a couple that came in right now that were a little late. They just in different time zones, so this i'll have to share those uh in a in a separate private one to you or something like that so
2: thank you very absolutely. much for putting that together that was your awesome, wife
1: did man. a great job of organizing all that and then i was able to reach out to the ones uh obviously the i know and they were able to come in and uh i'm surprised. Uh, oh we'll talk about that one later we'll talk about that one later <clears throat> but um we'll talk about that one but yeah we just uh it was it was good it was a lot of it was a lot of wasn't a lot of work i was surprised i was really expecting it to be like me chasing after a lot of athletes and fighters <laughs> like it is to try to get them on the show but it wasn't it was like hey you know give me 10 15 seconds of a you know a happy birthday and they loved it they were all for it so you know good stuff good people in this in this Thank sport you. we know you know that john but hey happy fucking birthday to my brother man i never thought Thank my you, story for you is i never thought in a million years. Um, When I when we started working together with Bellator that we'd be sitting here doing a podcast and we've t- talked about this. And then the fact is, is that you did my very first fight in the UFC. You did my very first fight I ever fought. And it means a lot to me. It just it felt like it was destiny. I know it sounds really stupid and cliche, but I got to be honest. I truly, truly never thought that you and I would become so close become such good friends. And uh I really do appreciate your friendship and uh thank you. Thank you for being you, man. Thank you. Thank you for falling oh, off oak man. trees. Thank you for breaking ribs, thank you for, <laughs> for making me laugh. Thank you, yeah. thank you for always being there, brother. Yeah. You're you're an inspiration to a lot of people. I don't think people realize, you know, the the work that you put in, not just for the podcast, but the way that you get, you know, with those six ribs, those six almost seven broken ribs, you fucking still drove yourself to do the next show. And I had to go in the cage and do interviews because but you still want to be part. <laughs> did. You still want to be part of the show. And I I admire people like that. They don't let anything like that get in their way. They they have a job to do and they go out there and do it. You and I are very punctual. We are very punctual when it comes to this. Like, hey, this is when we need to be there. This is when it has to happen, and we live our lives that way. And I feel I feel very uh, blessed to be a part of your life. Your are Miss McCarthy's life because they go hand in hand. <laughs> and, <laughs> and this, I'm blessed that we we got the show, man.
2: Happy uh, birthday. Trust me. In return. Three times, four times, because man, I I love what we do. Podcast, Dave. Thank you very much. I appreciate you putting some of that together you there. Do shit. He didn't do shit. I he did, did it all. Producer. Yeah, right. But, yeah, but, yeah. He did it all. But uh, well, I want to say, Josh, I love you, bro. Thank you. That's, That's all I can same, say.
1: Same, same, man. And you, what about Dave? You love Dave? I I know if we. Of course, of
2: course I, I do. Dave. <laughs> I do it. Of course I do Dave, Dave, Dave is the guy that has taught me. How to actually handle trolls? <laughs> I am so much more calm around Dave. We got to see your face, buddy. Yeah, I got to see your face because buddy. Dave is the consummate <laughs> troll. See, look at him. he's yes. even happy that I'm saying it. Okay, and I'm going to bring this up later. I swear to God, I am because he has been the guy that I go. You know what? I see what he's yeah. doing, and I love it. I really do love it, and the fact that he's continuing on, and then. I'll make him think that I'm really pissed at him. And he, There's times that he actually gets to that point. He's like, uh, are, are you serious or are you kidding <laughs> on this one? <laughs> That's
4: the best. Because uh, so. you just never tell with an old grumpy man, you know? Yeah. You're just like, oh, yeah, exactly. maybe, maybe. See, I-
1: old and grumpy, it's yeah. all right. Well, you guys don't get because you guys don't see the texts that Dave sends me. John, I'm seeing on the group text, John's getting after Dave. Getting, <laughs> You can tell he's getting a little heated. And Dave will send me like a little cringing emoji like... Like that it's separately, or just one that goes like, he just, ha- it's like, oh my God, he's in shock. Like, what do I do now that he's mad at me? <laughs> oh, he's mad. And then he gets uh, on the show and he goes, he goes, uh, are you talking? Yeah. To me? Of course I am. Why? <laughs> right? So I, was just checking, I was just seeing if I, how far I could go with it. Too. The one thing I can say, though, is that. So you have turned, I have to also turn John in the intro. That's what I've done. Po- <laughs> Podcast <laughs> Dave has really taught Big John uh, patience. Because when we first started this, man, he wanted to strangle oh. you at least 100 times. I had to talk Big John <laughs> off of the cliff at least at least 99
2: times. Yeah, and then, at least 99. And then huh?
1: John finally got over it and realized that this is just who Podcast Dave is.
2: Yeah. But, uh, he gets it done.
1: From the bottom of our hearts to the Wayne In Podcast, Big John, we love you and happy, happy birthday. birthday. Happy 60th birthday, my man.
2: Hey, thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Let's get on yeah. with this crap because we got fights to talk Let's about go. and other things to do man all right the UFC fight night 212 you're looking at this as the main event and i'm just thinking you know yeah a lot there's a lot of people out there that may not know one you know of these fighters maybe they don't know either one but alexa grasso is a dynamite fighter i know that you kind of think she's okay and i'm not talking about her fighting ability. i think everything okay. i think
1: she's very talented man she's extremely talented
2: she is talented she's stand-up wise she's always been talented yeah.
1: well this show is brought to you by mybookie.ag we got some fights coming up this week in the ufc fight night 212 grasso versus arahu like it's gonna be a good how do you say her last name arahu Rahu, Rahu. Okay. Bad fights. I, I love me some Alexa Grasso. She Arahu. can get down. And, but so can Rahu. So we're going to see it. Vivian. i was just going to call her Vivian. Vivian better. It's easier for Viviane. me. So i butcher that name. But hey.
2: Viviane. Go Arahu. to
1: mybookie.ag. Use our promo code weighing in. You guys. I'm telling you guys right now, it's the easiest gambling site you guys can use. You guys go there, your first initial buy-in, we give you some extra cash by using our promo code WAYNEIN. It's pretty simple. You guys do that and it's an online site that all you have to do is bet your winnings one time. Once you bet your winnings one time, you can pull whatever you still have left if you've got some more winnings. If you didn't mess up on your bets, you can pull those winnings out and go ahead and save them for later to bet on another time but you can only do that if you use our promo code Wayne in. So go to mybookie.ag, use our promo
2: code Wayne in, but it's always been the ground has been her problem. You know, and she's, you look at her record and it's the people that could take her to the ground and keep her on the ground. Those were the ones that, you know, have caused her problems and she's had to grow from it, but she has, she's gotten better in those areas. You can see what she's doing to improve herself. So this fight, against viviana arahu that this is a great fight because viviana is she's got everything that it takes to be great at this sport her stand-up is clean crisp she doesn't mind getting into the exchanges i don't know if that's a great idea with alexa she's got a very good ground game the real question is which lady is going to step up and be the be the one pushing the other one back because that's going to be the difference maker in this fight Who's the one going forward? I
1: think Alexa Grosso is going to take the center of the cage and just hope that she can move her head offline and counter. I don't think she has the speed to stick up with Vivian when it comes to the speed on the feet. Now, Vivian, I think, can also mix it up. Now, Alexa Grosso has gotten also a lot better at her takedown defense. She's gotten better at Much against the fence. She's gotten good with her submissions. She was always okay in the submission attacks, but she was never very good at getting up off of her back she'd attack the submission when she didn't get it, she was stuck there still. So that yep. whole, you know, submit sweep get up or sweep submit get up, it she didn't have that and didn't learn that or hasn't had that. She's been getting better at getting back to her feet. She's also get better at stuffing the takedowns. What I like with her, what I've always liked with her is that when she came into the sport, she was what? 20 years old? She was a oh, she yeah. was young. Super young. Yeah, she was super young and she had very tight defensive striking like very tight defensive striking but very good offense as well with it she never put herself out of the comfort position but you could also tell that she was still young like you could tell that a lot of the females that she was fine they were they were more mature in terms of physical strength
2: They were physically, yes, they were older, physically, they were, they were stronger women as far as she just had not reached that point. Yeah.
1: And we've seen this thing with the same thing. Like I'd say the same thing about Chase Hooper. Chase Hooper, he's going to break into his
2: own. I think we saw his
1: last fight. He looked like he started filling out a little bit more and he wasn't. And you
2: could see physically, he looked better.
1: Exactly. So that, that just comes with time, you know, with age, you start to build into that. We call it man strength that kind of 27, 28 into the 30s. You start developing in that man strength. Now with the females, I just feel like they start really figuring out how to train their body and to work around their their female system, you know, to to make sure that they can still develop their body to strength-wise, to max strength-wise during their camp, to perform at peak abilities during during certain parts of their camp. And really start, uh, just really start understanding that lifting weights or doing weight training or anything like that doesn't have a, a bad effect on their body in terms of their performance. Oh God no! A lot of athletes that I still know think that it does.
2: Like, oh, I can't. I shouldn't lift weights. I should just do. I'll, I'll get stuff. bulky. That's that's the one I, I love. If I lift weights, I'm going to get all bulky. It's like, no, you're not. No. What you're doing is you're doing specific weight movements to help when it comes to sp- certain areas of the fight, areas where strength does matter. Technique is always the king, but strength will help you get through bad times when you know if you don't have it you're not going to make it through so it's a good thing to have and it's not going to all anybody that's doing mma i don't care how much weight you lift you're not going to get bulky yeah. you're burning too many calories doing yeah. other things and the weight lifting just won't won't be a factor in in that area but it's good as you see people fill out and you and you do you know it's like think about back when you were wrestling in college First first day that you went went into onto that mat and you were eighteen years old, yeah. okay, and you go against a twenty two year old and all of a sudden it's like holy shit,
1: no. they
2: got man strength compared and it's those years those four years make a huge difference huge huge you don't realize because when you're in high school wrestling right sure you're lifting but you're not no because you're crushing yeah, people
1: but yeah it's true as well <laughs> but you're also not you're also not exerting yourself in terms of the weightlifting program you're more worried about keeping your weight down you're not working with the top level coaches in your high school, your local high school doesn't normally have them unless you're yeah. blessed to go to like, you know, a great high school that is just a powerhouse in wrestling. <clears throat> and those, ca- and those coaches don't d- generally last long. And they end up moving to some sort of college eventually
2: few and far between. And
1: so um, my college coach was John, uh John Owens and in, uh, in North Idaho college when I wrestled there and he was fucking fantastic, man. He was fantastic. Love them to death. He just was someone that he put us through the rigorous programs. He was on top of everything. And he just, he understood what it, what it took, you know, to get, to get his athletes to the next level. And so the lifting was number one. I had never really lifted weights all through high school. I never, you know, I'd never had laid down on a bench and bench press. And I did it, I did it throughout that program with him. And sure. I noticed myself get stronger. I noticed myself get bigger a little bit, but he was fantastic. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Overall, man, I mean, it's, it's, it's about just making sure that when you're, when you are a younger athlete, doesn't matter if you're a male or a female, getting into that weight room a little bit, just a little bit extra, not have to you don't have to lift super heavy. Just get in there and get a little extra work in, you know, 30, 40, 50 minutes, you know, 30, 40 minutes in a lift is perfect amount of time. You can get it done in that amount of time if you're doing it right.
2: Absolutely. So this, this actually should be a very good fight. But, they're well matched up. They both complement each other as far as where their strengths are and where their weaknesses are. My real question in this is, is Alexa Grasso going to actually go for takedowns? Because she has recently, mm-hmm. she has recently. Yeah. So we're going to see it. Does she try that with Viviane? I don't know if she's going to, but I think she does need to. I, I- she needs to put her in that position where she has to at least respect the fact that she'll, she'll attempt it.
0: I think that
1: Vivian's gonna be, she's gonna be the more aggressive fighter. She's gonna come forward. She's gonna really try to like get the takedowns, try to open up the stand up. She's gonna stick the jab in the face. She's gonna try to get this fight to the ground. Mix it. She's gonna mix it up. But I think she does try to get this fight to the ground and control that top position. That's the way I think
2: this fight's gonna play out. Who's next? Co-main event: Cub Swanson, our man Cub, against Jonathan Martinez. Mm. How do you see that going? It's
1: gonna be a tough fight. That's gonna be a tough fight. That is fight. a tough fight. Jonathan that Martinez. He's not an
2: easy fight for Cubs. He's one of those guys. He's a stud. He
1: doesn't look like he does. It doesn't look like he's got a lot of power. It doesn't look like he's on point. It's very accurate. And he fights so composed, John. He's one of those guys nope. that it seems like he's just out there flowing with whatever goes on in, in the cage. I couldn't even get those words out. They were. But it was, he was flow, he flows with whatever goes on in that cage. He will stuff takedowns. He will get takedowns, but he will stand. He will trade and he will make you miss offline and then counter you. He lands big shots. He does have power. He's very accurate with his strikes. He's a patient fighter for being as young as he is. I believe, can you pull him up? I think he's only what 24, 26? Maybe I'm wrong, but I think he's young. I believe he's young. 28. 28. Sorry. I was way off. Yeah. I was way off. but he he's, he has that style of which he's just very composed almost like sniper like and he's a very yep. talented fighter Cubs got his hands full he
2: is very talented and he's got to me he doesn't look that fast but he's it's that whole you know when you talk about shooting we talk about smooth as fast he's smooth yeah and that leads to him being fast yep. he gets to where he wants he gets, he gets his shots on target exactly what you're saying he's very accurate with him he doesn't waste a lot of movement. He's got good movement, but he doesn't waste it a lot. He doesn't jerk around. He is looking for feints that are going to set you up to give him the opportunity to put shots on you. So this is not, you know, a lot of people are going to look and say, oh, Cub Swanson, you know, they're, they're going to try to give Cub. F- they're not giving Cub any goddamn no. fucking, no, 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 gimme you know, fights. Uh, no gimmies no. on this one. This is a tough fight. The, the fight before that, I think, is a great fight. Askarov against Brandon Royval. This is a dynamite flyweight matchup. Asker is absolutely great with his wrestling. He's got good stand up, uh, but Royval is dangerous off you know off the ground. And so you know, Askarov's got to be careful. Look, he's good and he understands the submission game. And I, I do think that he has the advantage. If you're looking who's going to be the favorite in it, it's going to be Askarov. But Brandon Royval can can pull off stuff. He's He's very well balanced. He's got good stand up. He's got a great ground game. He's dangerous. And so this is a, another one. You look great. I look at Askarov as being a little bit too much. And look,
1: Roy Vall, he's been fantastic leading up to certain stuff, up to certain talent. But then he's had a Mm -hmm. run of bad luck. Can you click on Roy Vall? Believe. I think he won his last fight, but I think he lost one or he was like off and on for a fight or two in between there, right? Because he hurt the he hurt yeah, his he had elbow. a couple
2: losses. He had the Brandon Moreno and then uh, Pantoja. Yeah, one of them was he hurt his elbow.
1: Look, I think remember he hurt his shoulder in one of them or something. That was Roy Oh, was that
2: Roy? Uh, that, I'm sorry, that that was against Brandon Moreno. Oh, Brandon
1: Moreno. So he hurt his shoulder. Something happened yeah. in that fight, and yeah. they're going to say it was uh, TKO with punches, but he, I don't think he could. It was something happened to his, his shoulder or his elbow, I believe. I can't yeah. it's been a while back. Shoulder. And um yeah. but then that fight and then he lost to Pantoja after that. Then he came back and had, you know, a couple of good performances against Matt Schnell and then um Walterio. But he's a talented fighter, there's no doubt about it. It's just a matter of I believe he's gotta get back on track, which he's on track now, but this is a tough fight for him. Askarov is no easy task for anybody. What Askaroff is, what, fourteen and one, I believe. You know, he, he's very well-rounded. He will be in there grinding him out, trying to get right into his face, trying to get a takedown or two, but landing the big strikes. He will throw big strikes to get in and close the distance. This is going to be a fun fight. I believe it's going to be a really good fight.
0: <clears throat>
2: I think it's a, it's a fantastic... This is really... You've got, you got the Figueroa versus Moreno coming up, number four. People going to look at it and say, you know, whatever they want. I think it needs to happen. It's a good fight. I mean, it's it's a... It's a great fight, but it, it's a fight that needs to happen because they're even now. Mm-hmm. There's you got a tie, you got a win and a win. Let's let's go with the last one, see what happens. And there seems to be Pantoja's is the guy sitting there, kind of in he's in flux. Mm-hmm. He's right in the right in that area where he deserves the title shot. He's just not in that you know area because of what's gone on with the the whole trilogy already by Moreno and Figueroa, but. You're taking a look at this one. This could be where the winner, you know, take this winner. They could even get a shot at the title with whoever wins it, or put Panto you know, Pantoja in there and you've got your next your next uh challenger.
1: I guess we'll see. We'll see, we'll see. Jordan yep. Wright versus uh Dusco.
2: Both guys fun to watch. Not you know, the fight honestly is important to both of them. It has no bearing on, you know, who's gonna Move up in rankings or anything right now. Both of them have, have had some losses. They think, you know, again, this is where the UFC tends to take guys that are coming off of losses, put them together where they won't get someone back on the right track. And so that's what you're going to get in the middleweight division here. it's It's, it's an enjoyable fight.
1: What are the fights on this card, John? Because, like, honestly, like, this is one of those cars. They've stacked it kind of towards the top with Cub and and Martinez, and you've got Askarov and Roy Vol, And then, of course, the main event is going to be a scrap back and forth. And I think this Jordan Wright and Dusko fight is a good fight, but it's like no one really knows yeah. them. They, like, you know, there's going to be, but I think it's going to end up being a yeah. good fight. What, is there any other fights on here that stand out to you?
2: There's one fight that stands out to me, and there's one, there's a fight that. I mean, I, I love one of the guys in it, and I, but his opponent is too good at, right now. Uh, talking about you know Rafael Concejo, him against Victor Henry. Victor Henry is good. Yeah. Victor Henry is sharp. This dude is a freaking beast when it comes to this, how clean his technique is. And and to be honest, you know Rafael, he's he's on the you know he's on the downhill yeah. side of his career right now. He has slowed down. It's made a difference in you know what's going on. And I just think that's going to be a difficult fight. Not that, you know, if he gets it to the ground, he's got, you know, a world of talent down there and he can definitely get the win, but he's got to get the fight to
1: the yeah, ground. Yeah, Hafiel Asensio, he's, you know, he's on the latter end of his career, you know, and all, yep. a lot of the guys they're going to match him up against right now are going to be guys that they're going to potentially try to build. So if he gets any big wins over, the, over Henry, then it should be, I mean, it puts him back into, like, talking about, hey, let's work into the top 10, top, you know, but then where do you really want to go after that? That's going to be another...
2: That's you want to it. keep fighting those the guys. That I, it. really. It's a tough one. Really. But the fight that I think is actually a really intriguing fight is Nick Maximov coming out of the Diaz camp. He's kind of got the same attitude against Jacob Malkoon, who is a fantastic wrestler himself. You know, he, he lost his last fight, but man, the dude is a stud, man. And when he gets in the top position, he does not let off the gas. He does damage. So I think that's going to be another good fight.
1: Hey, any of the ones that come from the Diaz camp, man, you should expect them to use that Stockton slap, yeah, and just start talking trash. So, I'm looking forward to it all.
2: Oh, uh, that's going to look at the one but, down. Look, look at the first fight. Look at the very first fight. What do you see in there?
1: I see Pete Rodriguez versus Mike, Mike Jackson. Mike Jackson.
4: Mike Jackson's getting another fight in the UFC. After being told he would got never fight again, got beat by Mickey Gall. What's that? Uh, wasn't he the guy that they said he would never fight in the UFC again?
2: Yes, <laughs> that's exactly why I said, "Look who's back and fighting for the UFC." Mike, right, what Jackson.
1: happened? What did he do? Sorry, refresh my memory. CTE.
4: Go. He mem- Remember, he he fought CM Punk, and uh, because yes, he, he did. toyed with him, marijuana. Uh, Dana White said that, that it was ridiculous that he toyed with him instead of putting him away. Oh so again. man, yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's, that, it's, I think that
2: that fight that fight got uh, put to a no contest, though.
1: Oh really? Because the sure marijuana, could, yeah.
4: Yeah, marijuana, I
2: think it was something.
1: And now, now they're allowing it. So stupid! You go back and change all those. You go back and change. Ridiculous. So
2: stupid. All right, that's. But Pete Rodriguez, tough dude. He's actually he's he's a tough dude. You know, he came into the UFC last second in his first fight, and uh, he he ran into someone that was too good for him at the time. But this fight, he is. This is a good matchup for him. I think Pete Rodriguez is going to do very well.
1: All right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our, uh, this is Fight Night, right? Fight Night Talk? Vegas 2 212?
4: Uh, well, it's UFC two Vegas 62. They call it, they don't oh, actually call two two. it Fight okay, Night okay. 212.
1: Okay. All righty, all right.
2: Oh, because it's from the Apex. You're oh. right.
4: Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. What else we got there, podcast, Dave? All right, we have a ton of boxing fights uh, this Saturday. Yeah, we do. Um, do you guys have a particular one that you'd prefer to discuss first? Uh, hello. Have, um...
2: First off, the Devin Haney versus George Cambosis Jr. George Cambosis is the guy that beat Teofilo Lopez, and look at—he is. This guy, I, I love his attitude. I love the way he fights. I love the way he comes out. The problem with this fight Devin is he's fighting Devin Haney. Good. He <laughs> yeah. is fucking okay, good. Dude. You know, and you look and you go, Oh man, you know, everything about Cambosis. This is a rematch yeah. because Devin Haney beat him in the in the first one and took the title from him. Yeah. Beat him he, he beat him handily. He beat him handily. Yeah. And that's look at Devin right now, Devin Haney in that weight, dude, he's a he's so hard to freaking hit and he counters so well. You know yeah. maybe Cambosis has figured something out. Cambosis is the guy. He's more of the brawler. He gets inside. He bangs away heavy body shots. It's still going to be very difficult for him to to touch Devin Haney with a solid shot.
1: I look at it. But, I look at it this way. Charles. I'll be watching. I'll, it. I am going to watch yeah. it. But I look at it this way. Give me the stat. What's the stat? Isn't it like 80-20? 80-20. The person who won the first fight is going to eighty percent win the second fight. Oh yeah, it's something—it's some something ridiculous yep. like that. It might even be more especially than especially when they're y-
2: especially when they're younger. Then it's even more. And then
1: on top of that, right? He, he he kind of ran away with the first fight. It was kind of one sided.
2: I don't know if and it was down in and it was down in Australia, nice, It is hometown. Yeah. So, uh next fight. Would you like this fight, Clarissa? Clarissa Shields. Go ahead. I do like this fight because look, Clarissa Shields, two-time Olympic gold medalist. She's fantastic. Savannah Marshall is someone that beat her. As an amateur, I believe. Mm -hmm. Savannah Marshall is 12-0. Josh Mm -hmm. Clarissa Shields is 12-0 in the Mm -hmm. boxing realm. And you look and you go, this is as good a matchup as far as that we've seen in women's boxing besides Amanda Serrano versus Katie Taylor. This is a great matchup because Savannah Marshall has knocked out... I don't want... I'm not exactly, you know, to say... In those twelve fights, I would say her last six fights have ended with a knockout or a TKO. Producer, pull that, that up. That is incredibly unusual. Producer, pull that up for Samantha Marshall. Knockouts, women's boxing. Her record,
1: pull up her yeah, record. Just, just take
2: a look at her record.
1: <clears throat> but she got her hands full. Clarissa Shields now has Clarissa oh, yeah. Shields time. Dude, absolutely, John. Clarissa Shields time away from boxing to, to fight MMA. Is that enough Mm -hmm. to slow her down to where Savannah has a uh, a better opportunity to finish her in boxing?
2: or It is the question. Or beat her. You would would have to go to probably um, BoxRec would have Savannah
4: Marshall's record. It would say. Oh, I thought uh, you were asking for the specific knockout. No, no, no. uh, I want to see her record.
1: How many knockouts does she have in her last uh, 12 fights in her pro pro career?
4: Um, Uh, For knockouts, she has 12.
1: Yeah. Oh, so she had all twelve knockouts. Is it all
4: twelve? No, no, no. I thought it she had a zero. Uh, it says zero KOs. Ten. Oh. Tw- oh. Um, <laughs> see right there it says oh, twelve it? KOs. Sorry, I don't. I don't use boxing record a ton. KOs eighty three point three three percent. So ten. So. She has ten
1: of them. Right below it So, so there's twelve yeah. in the the win, and then right below it says ten KOs.
2: So so if you go down, pull that thing up. Go go down. Scroll there. There you go. It'll start to show you what you have. Win by TKO. Ko tko 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 ko ko. There's a scissor. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Last seven fights, knockouts. Jeez. That's a that's something you don't see in women's boxing. That is fantastic. Yeah. And so, and, and I'm not saying that she's going to beat Clarissa. I, I love Clarissa. Clarissa is a stud when it comes to boxing. But it is exactly what you're saying. Clarissa has been off doing MMA mm-hmm. for a while. She's going back into the boxing realm. I always say, man, you're trying to do the two sports. They are different, and if you're doing both, it will take away from both. Yeah. You're not going to be as sharp in either. Yep. So,
1: well put. This John. could
2: be one of those ones. Well put. It's true. If you
1: can't, there's like in MMA, you have to. It's so hard because you have to focus on so many different sports. If you think you're oh, going to yeah. try and do kickboxing with MMA, like if you're going to do kickboxing in Glory and then turn around and come back and do MMA. It's going to be too hard you have to work on your wrestling you got to work on your submission defense all those things it's a use it if you don't use it you lose it kind of situation like my math skills so like you have to make sure that you're constantly (laughs) using your Uh math skills otherwise i mean your your grappling skills if you're not doing that then you lose them so um i'm not familiar with the next the next group of fights but then the deontay wilder versus robert uh Helenius. Deontay Wilder, he's got power. We understand that, but there was so many he's got a right hand from I don't hell. know anything about Robert Hellenius. but there's been a lot of talk that Anthony Joshua is considering fighting Wilder
2: over Tyson Fury. Right, boy, look, I'm being honest. I don't care. <laughs> he can, he can fight. No, I don't mean it. I don't mean it in that way. That I don't care. I, I want to see it, but let's just be no. you know flat out honest right now. Joshua doesn't take the greatest no. shot, Mm-mm. and it it, it it would only take a one shot from Deontay with that right hand to start to put Anthony Joshua in a position where everything's going downhill. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but Tyson Fury, I think you're going to make more money than you are against Deontay Wilder. Go with the Tyson Fury fight, but if you go with Deontay, go ahead. I would take Deontay Wilder in the
1: fight. Yeah, Absolutely.
2: Look at Deontay's lost to one guy. Who is
1: he? <laughs> the best boxer right now. The best okay. the heavyweight king. Let's just call it what it is. There you go. He's the heavyweight king. He, and he's, I don't,
2: he's also the gypsy he, king, yeah. but he's the I heavyweight.
1: I don't see I I don't see anybody right now in the heavyweight division that's going to touch him. I don't see it. I don't either. Everyone keeps saying Usyk. Yep. I'm like, Usyk's too small for him. Usyk Usyk's good. He's got Usyk speed,
2: but Usyk is great. Yeah. He's a fantastic it's boxer. It's just he's not big. He's not you know. big enough. Tyson will will bully him around, and uh, Tyson's too good of a boxer. It, it, Tyson's got foot; he's got great footwork, mm. and you know, I've heard people comparing. Well, look at what Anthony jo- Anthony Joshua doesn't have great footwork. Tyson Fury is a boxer; he can box. He can put his hands down to the side. He moves his head well. The guy, look at the guy. You got to give the guy the credit that he deserves. Mm. He's a hell of a goddamn heavyweight boxer. Absolutely. He's not a slugger. He's not a knockout guy, even though he can knock you out. He is a boxer.
1: Damn right he can knock you out. Look how fucking big he is. Fucking, his, if his fucking <laughs> forearm fell on me, he'd kill me. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
4: next, Dave. What else you got for us, bud? All right, well, <clears throat> now that we've talked, some boxing fates are coming up. Let's talk some announced. F- oh, actually, sorry. I have one that's well a little bit more important than that. <laughs> I I thought it was all fights because we have a stack of fights so we have to talk about that were just announced. So all right, but before we yeah. get to that, we have um, the biggest lightweight title fight, and you know, at least at least the last few years. Um, okay, I was gonna say hey, this is the biggest um, one at least it, ever. No. Probably since Khabib, probably since Khabib was in Khabib in and Connor, division, right?
1: Khabib um, and Connor
2: was the biggest. It was actually the biggest pay per view ever. So let's just well, well, come on, it was it was Khabib and Connor, but then it was Khabib and Justin Gaethje. That was bigger. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. But People, yeah, but they were saying it was. Mm-hmm. Tell me they weren't saying it was. I don't know who was who saying
1: they was, but it, <laughs> whoever they was was wrong. Cause you know, the, there you go. Even Connor has been, that's a next level that no one else is going to touch for a long time. It's just not going to happen. For It's going to be a while before that, what, 2.4, 2.5 million views? Or too many? Two, yeah, yep. That's not going to be broke yeah. for a long time. Pay-per-view Especially buys. the way the pay-per-view is going right now. Not views. Yeah, sorry, buys. My bad
4: um <clears throat> so so we have that fight coming up uh, later this month mm-hmm. and which is islam had... and Oliveira. <clears throat> islam and o- Oliveira, yes mm-hmm. let's uh qualify it next week and then Volk came out and said he's basically the fill-in for that main event if something yep. should happen and then benil darius comes out and says wait i thought i was told i'm the fill-in so now we have this yeah. conflict so a who do you think is the real fill-in who do you want to be the re- real fill-in and what happens? Do we even need a fill-in? Do you think this is going to fall off? Is everybody think It's this? real
2: simple. Who's, who, who has been booked on a flight to Abu Dhabi? <laughs> There's your fill-in. Let's just be honest. Cause if they haven't contacted you about a flight, I guarantee you, you ain't the fill-in. I, I think they're both already there. <clears throat> I think they're both
1: already there. That's one. And then two is cause I saw Darius doing an interview. It looked like he was there, you know, uh, with people that I know that are there uh, already. Uh, Volk, I don't know. I mean, he said he's going to be there. So I don't know what that meant. If he booked his own flight or if they booked his flight for him. But that being said, I really, to be honest, I could see the UFC doing both and saying, hey, you potentially could be a fill-in if someone falls off. But I also look at it as, you can be a fill-in if this person falls off. And you, you're a fill-in if this person falls off. It makes sense. Uh Volkanovsky, if it's... If I think, How does that make because sense? Because I believe if Olivera, or not Olivera, but if Islam falls off, you slide Volkanovsky in there because... It, Olivera used to be the former champ. And now you want to make sure that you're having Volkanovsky fight who used to be the champ, you know, multiple, what he defended his title two, 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 two and a half times, whatever. He should have been able to defend it three times. <laughs> um, but you have Volkanovsky first, Olivera. And if Olivera falls off, you slide Darius in there because Darius is ranked high. And why, why risk Volk right now for that? until so you have yourself a, a, a real champion. Like I, good point. I would rather see Volk fight the real champion, not, yeah, and right now everyone says, you know, the champ has a name, Charles Oliveira. Man, no matter what I say, man, the guy to me is his cha- is the champ. Even though it's a vacant yeah. title, he's the there's no he's doubt. the fucking champ. And what they did him dirty, yep. you know. And uh you know he should have made the weight. I get it, but let's be real, these scales are not always the most accurate. And you should have been able to make. He should have been able to fight for the title. Um, but I just look at it in that way. I could see them saying, hey. If is if Oliveira falls off, let's have Dariush and Islam. They were already supposed to fight. Dana White likes that fight. He's brought it up publicly and said he likes that fight. And you really want Volkanovski to fight someone who is the established champion, so he can beat that established person and say, "Hey, I am the lightweight champ." If that happens, and I look, I think everyone believes that Oliveira is currently the champ. The champ has a name, and it's Oliveira. And Islam's going in there yep. fighting who mo- many people believe is the champ. So that's the way i look at it i mean maybe i could be fucked. i'm just blowing sunshine up everyone's ass to be honest but i mean i could see i could see the ufc playing that card like hey this is where we want to do with it and it would be smart on their part if they did you know just my opinion yeah. i like i like I kinda, both of them. i, like, I like both fighters so i don't give a shit who fights who i mean all four of those guys take my fucking money <laughs> that's the way i look at it take my money all right they're both they're all extremely great just great fighters
2: um, well, you know what we'll do is we we're gonna find out if you're right because if they both weigh in, it's telling yeah. you. Yeah, it's, they kind of had something interesting where they were not going to put Volkanovsky against Islam, only against Oliveira. So makes it sense.
1: Makes sense. I mean, to me, it would.
2: Dude, I you know what? Here, my big, hat is off the to
1: I wish my name was Brad. Look at the. Look at the big
2: brain on Brad.
1: Wish my name was Brad. That fucking Brad guy. I'm going to catch him one of these days.
2: <laughs> yeah, one of these days.
1: Uh, what else you got for us?
4: All right. Now we are getting into fights. So we had the oh. announced fight of uh, Jan Blohovich versus Magomed Ankalaev. And it's booked for the UFC 282 card. John,
1: the wrestling of Ankalaev, if he uses it, okay, will yeah. be the game changer. If, if he uses it. I think the boxing, the Polish power, all that stuff is still alive and well, still grinding, and still out there to be able to put people away. But Ankalaev is going to be the faster fighter on the feet. He's going to be, he's going to be reaching in from outside. And if if uh, Blahovich extends himself too much to counter, it would be smart of Ankalaev to get the easy takedown, grind on him, wear him down. Easy, easy. No, take no. Down. What I'm saying, no, I no, no. Sorry, not. It won't be an easy takedown. I'm saying okay. that. He should not fight. He should not wrestle him to the point of making himself tired, because Blahovich has made a career out of making guys tired and takedowns, and then knocking you out. Yep, and then knocking so him out. So he's got to get, go he's got to get Blahovich to extend himself and reach on the counter. If he can do that, then his wrestling should should leave Blahovich out, stretched out long enough to where he can get in deep enough on the takedown and try to get that easy takedown. If it's not an easy takedown, to abandon ship, get out of there to circle out, you know, uh throw some knees, elbows, whatever it is, get out of there, come back in, throw some more combinations and get back down on the legs. I believe if I believe he's going to fight some more. He I think he understands. The win over Blahovic, I think puts him right next in line up for a title.
2: Oh, there's no yeah. doubt. If if Ankleyev gets this a win over Blahovic, he is the guy that's, you know, sitting there as the challenger. But he does not wrestle a lot. Nope. He likes he to be in the stand up. I'm not I'm not saying he can't I said he doesn't like to. He likes to be in the standup, and I think that could be his undoing yeah. when it comes to fighting Blahovich In that, Blohovich will stand there and bang with you. How many people have you seen hurt Blažević on the feet? Yeah, it's happened. I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but the dude can take a shot, yeah. you know. And he can take, you know, if you don't put one right on the button, he's gonna he's gonna weather the storm through it and come back. And he slings heavy leather back. And I've seen Ankalaev hurt also. So both guys can hurt the other in the stand up. I do think that wrestling wise, I'm gonna go with Ankalaev. I'll give I'll give the jujitsu part. I think Blahovic he's got a good ground game when he uses it. He just doesn't like to. He likes to be in the stand up also. So I'm looking at both these guys. I think it's gonna be a stand up war.
1: I think whoever handles Uncle Live as a manager and a coach, if you're not fucking wrestling, <laughs> you need to be fucking fired. Now, I do, I think he has a chance on the feet. I do think he has a chance on the feet. Sure. He but does. I think he's got a fucking almost 80, 78% chance of beating him on the ground. That's what I think. And it's, it's, I don't understand fighters that would not take that opportunity to be like, Hey, let me just make this easy. Make sure I get my title shot, you know, and uh, get if, to the, if
2: he takes him down and, and ground and pounds and uses, you know, that great base that he has mm-hmm. and just just slowly diminish him. Make yeah. you know, make him less and less each round that goes by. That's your way to get a, a Dave, how old uh, is Uncle Live? He's got to be what? Thirty one?
1: Mm. I mean, he looks like he's about fifty, but fuck. <laughs>
4: <laughs> thirty years old.
1: Yeah, thirty years old. Yeah. He's like in his prime. And you've got Blahovich who Blahovich is, is thirty eight. 38, 39. He's
4: Plahovich is I he that, that older you sure? I think he's, almost, I
1: think oh, he's 39, yeah. Yes, he's 39. He's that 39. Yeah. Yeah. When's he turned turn four? Oh, February. So Next he'll be February. here 40 here pretty soon. So yeah. I mean, I tell my half of these guys just I mean, for yawn, just for fucking being so competitive at, at, at an age like that. 39? Shit, I couldn't wait to get yeah. out of the cage at 39 years
2: old. What about a guy named What about a guy named Glover? Right?
1: <laughs> guys fucking winning championships <laughs> fucking at what, forty two?
2: Forty-two. Jesus, man, fucking crazy. Is it my
1: fucking Randy Couture, that guy. What forty? When did he win his last 43. title? 43?
2: Forty-three.
1: Forty-three. <laughs> like I, c- yeah. I couldn't imagine getting hit like that, that hard. And he still fought until he was forty-seven, right? Randy? Yeah.
2: Forty-eight. Ugh.
1: That's why that. But then again, I look at, but I saw he, I saw the happy birthday video. He's got those nice veneers. There's a reason for that. Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that,
2: was, that, was, that was courtesy of Leona. Leona
1: <laughs> <Machina>. Son <laughs> of a bitch. <laughs> that son of a gun got him. Uh, what else you got for us, Dave?
4: All right. Uh, Producer, ha-
1: roll up some news.
4: <laughs> Jeez,
1: oh.
0: I love it.
4: All right. We have our next fight here, and it's uh Vasa. And he's going to fight uh, Sergei Polovich, uh, Pavlovich. Pavlovich. So cannot, I'm not, I'm not, I've been Pavlovich. To, yeah. o for all for two in right. saying that name tonight. Pavlovich. Yeah, for two. It's all right. You call him whatever you want. <laughs> it really
2: now, Sergey P- Pavlovich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great.
0: Look, he's a good boxer. Um, he
2: has got very clean and technical striking. and We know that Ty does not have clean and technical striking. He's got brawling ability. But look at Ty's got that ability to cause guys that are clean technicians, and he kind of did it in several moments with Cyril Gaunt. He put Cyril Gaunt on his butt. He could do the same thing with Pavlovich. It's just a matter of normally when you're putting the brawler against the guy who is technically really sound and they close to the same weight, not a big you know and, and let's be honest both guys are gonna are gonna tip the scales right at 265 266 you know usually it goes in favor of the guy that's got better technique and then and I just look at this one and it's, it's gonna be a tough one for tuiavasa to uh to get a win in but he can do it because he's got power in his hands and he'll take a shot and I love I love to watch the guy but this is not an easy fight this is a tough so fight. I look at it I look at it a couple different ways. When is this fight,
1: Dave? Does it say?
4: Um they said the uh, let's see. Um it says December third here. So I was that scares to see me a little pay-per-view. bit
1: that it's a little soon. He took some big yeah. shots in that fight with Sorrogon, and then you know, the finish, it's a little too soon. I would have liked to have seen him come back probably like February, you know, end of February maybe somewhere in there. Give your brain some time to heal, give your body some time to heal. Cut loose a little bit, enjoy your family time. These, these are all things that are extremely important, especially after you get knocked out or concussed. I mean, that he had to have been concussed. He, he was, he took some big shots in that fight. Yeah. And so, oh, as no. much as I love watching, that's, that's the only thing that scares me about him. Now, I agree with you on the things. Normally, it's the boxer has the tighter boxing that wins this fight. But Ty Tuavasa, though, is not a normal guy who, like you say, he's a brawler. But he does things that are not normal. He'll throw the right hand and he'll come back with a backhand, like those type of things. <laughs> traditional boxers, they're not used to. Trevor Prangley's do that shit all the time against really good boxers that came into the AKA, you know, and and he would backhand them, and they'd be like, "What the hell?" They're like, "Oh, that, that's not you can't." And he's like, "No, I can do that. This is MMA." They're like, yeah, "Oh, oh, yeah, I, I get it. Okay, whatever." So those type of things are that get the traditional boxer gets caught up in. They think it's going to be a stylistically like a, a, Muay Thai fight or a straight up boxing match. That ain't going to happen with Ty Duavasa. He's going to make it dirty. He's going to grab the back of the head, dirty box you. He's going to get you in close with the elbows. He's going to do, he's going to make it a grimy fight. We've seen this before, John, in he's the past. Try. Yeah, he's going to try, but you don't, you've seen, we've seen this before in the past where traditional like, like Pahea and Izzy, you'll have hard, you'll have a hard time with guys that are just, Really aggressive and grimy and dirty type fighters that just come in and just dirty box you like that Brandon Couture style. He made his career off of that. Tytua Vasa has a very good shape to be have a very similar style. He does kind of fight like that where he gets in there in the clinch, body shots and head, you know, head hunts, hooks the head, hits you with the uppercuts. All of those things are very effective when dealing with someone who's a very traditional style boxer and he's got good boxing. I and mean, that's why. But, That's why a lot of these guys but, have a hard time in bare knuckle.
2: But okay. he also does wing big overhand rights from the outside. Yeah. And when you are doing that against a guy who is technically good, yeah. you're going to do it one time, and he sees the setup, and the next time, you're yeah. going to make you pay. An
1: uppercut.
2: <sighs> it's going to be bad. yep. yeah. yeah, yeah. So,
1: Got to see so. if the uppercut gets there before the overhand right does.
2: It will every time, sure. I
1: wonder though. What I wonder is if Ty, because Ty's pretty fast for the size of this guy. He's a fucking mountain of a man. He's pretty. He's got some speed behind him, you know. And then I also know that Sergey is not going to be someone who uses the footwork as well as is Cyril Gaon. Cyril Gaon's moving lateral movement, keeping. No, him he, not, does not he does move not. move. Like he's going to stand God. his ground and try and no. get in there and box you or you know whatever. So I mean, Ty, like you said, Ty's got a chance. But he,
2: but 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 Cyril doesn't try to hit you with big no, shots. He doesn't.
1: He's a big guy, But
2: Sergey does.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: You know, Sergey does. We're going to find out. I think yeah. it's
1: a little bit too early for him to come back, just my personal opinion.
4: Yeah,
2: so. yeah. All
4: what right, else? next one. All right, we uh, also have Alexander Gustafson returning against OSP, and it's going to be on the same card as Blachowicz and, and Clive. Wow. Again, the UFC taking two guys that uh,
2: have had f- some losses, putting them together, OSP going against alexander Gus. i look if you're gonna put and I, I love the fact that he's walking through where's he at right there josh the forum he's at the forum i can see it he's at the forum <laughs> in, in inglewood <laughs> oh, california that. yes sir but you look at this it, it makes sense you know you got to get one guy either back and i think they're looking at gus and uh saying well either gus or osp they've both been good for us i think this is a good fight uh i think it's a, i actually think it's a really good fight for gus OSP has slowed down a lot, and he's taken a, that speed difference now mm-hmm. has made the difference between him getting wins and not.
1: Do you look at it like they're going to put him in OSP in there? This is going to be a heavyweight, I'm assuming, and then and then they're going to say, hey, if the winner, if if not the winner, but if somebody in the main event, which I'm assuming is going to be Sergey and Ty, that if one of those guys falls off, they push this one of these guys in there.
2: I don't think this is going to be at, at heavyweight. I think it's going to be a light heavyweight.
1: All right. G- Gus came back at heavyweight, didn't he? I thought he did.
2: He did, okay. but then he went back to light gotcha. heavyweight. His okay. last it, fight was at light heavyweight.
4: It does say it's a 205.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, then.
4: And it says his heavyweight fight was one off.
1: Okay. Okay. Because I remember OSP fought at heavyweight as
2: well. Yes,
4: yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay. so I just. But thought, he, went back to, he went back to light heavyweight. God, also. I
1: thought they both just stayed up at heavyweight.
2: So. All right. Next.
4: Yep. All right producer another fight <laughs> another fight uh johnny walker and paul craig oh look added. at another fight another fight look at look at podcast dave podcast dave do you have a uh a biasness, a, like
2: a, a little bias in this fight at all
4: well not really because johnny walker's the name of a scotch and then um, paul craig is actually scottish so <laughs> not, I, I could take nice either call one. <laughs> nice call there dave Wow. Look, I,
2: it's funny. I I spoke with Johnny Walker recently and uh he is his his head's in the right place. The one thing that we talked about uh you know simply put, you can't fight to make your promoter happy. You got to fight to protect yourself. And you know a lot of people you know want to be exciting and they want to be doing those things that you know put people away real fast, but you leave yourself open. He realizes that now. He's not going to try to do anything that is putting himself in that position to be uh taken advantage of he's got the right mindset now he's got a good team behind him he obviously needs to stay off of the ground with paul craig paul craig has proven that look at he's a he's a a specific type of fighter he's a guy that's in the stand-up he's not that dangerous put him on the ground he is a dangerous guy from his back, from the top position. Doesn't matter if the fight hits the ground, he's got the ability to end it. Johnny Walker knows exactly what he's going in there with. He's got length. He's got strength. He's got everything going with it for him in this as far as he's got the skill set to beat Paul Craig. But Paul Craig always seems to come up with a way to get the fight to the ground and do some magic so this is a great matchup i really i, I think this is going to be a fun fight to watch
1: if paul craig i think can survive the first round and because the way he pulls guard he drops on the leg sometimes he'll just drop to his butt all of those things if paul craig can survive that first round and the onslaught of big shots from the top position of johnny walker i think he's got a chance because johnny walker leaves himself out of position a lot whether it's ground and a pounding lot. whether it's on the and that's feet, what we we're talking about yeah he can make that that's mistake right. If he understands, I don't know. Paul Craig doesn't have the wrestling to take anyone down. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. Like he, I don't. He just needs to work on the wrestling portion of it all. He just is cool with just falling. He's into not bad
2: from a body lock position.
1: He's not, but he from a body lock. He position. doesn't get in though, John. That's the thing. If he starts to get in close, <laughs> he just drops to his butt and then that's it.
2: Yeah, he does drop. Yeah, and I'm just like. But the thing he's got to be very careful with with Johnny. Look at Johnny Walker's got a huge reach. Yeah. This this is a guy with an eighty some inch reach, and he is he's got power. He's a strong guy, so you need to be very careful of you know the ground and pound that he can he can levy yep. on you can do damage quick. And we've seen if there's one thing we've seen, Paul Craig can get hit a lot when he's on his back. He, there you go, and he can be hurt. It's like he doesn't
1: so, even care that he gets hit. Then I'm like,
2: oh dude, he, he does nothing, nothing to defend it. He's still no, going for his yeah, attack. Yeah,
1: like what are you doing? Like, he, I mean, what a, well, hey, he's a stud. He's got some wins off of it, though. A couple of times, I thought he was knocked out, and he got woke back up, and then went right to the submission and won. So, hey, who the fuck am I to judge? <laughs> like,
2: what am I? Shame, shame on yeah. you for not for for waking up a guy that you had just knocked yeah. out to now submit. He's
1: you. a stud, though,
2: man. I like. It. He's such he a is. nice guy too. I met him a bunch.
1: of he's times. He's fun to yeah, he's watch. Great. I like Paul Craig.
2: Yeah.
4: All right, so. next. All right, our last big one here before we move in is some other stuff. So. Nate Diaz has teased the jump over to WWE. He posted a picture of him with Triple H, and he wrote, we'll see what's about to happen next. But there's more.
1: Of course. But
4: we have more. (laughs) The rising president is saying that he's trying to put together Nate Diaz versus Floyd Mayweather. Yep. Or at least he wants to put it together. It doesn't say he's trying to. It just says he wants to.
1: Well, I can tell you right now, that Scott Coker is in Hawaii with Saki Gabbara as we speak. And they are talking about the Bellator New Year's uh, show. Uh, Bellator Rising combining maybe a show to do a year-end huge show at the Saitama Arena in Tokyo, man. Huge show. So that will be, apparently, it sounds like, there'll be some of whether it's the Bellator champions going over there. And fighting in the Rising uh, ring. And uh, representing Bellator on that on there on in japan they, a lot of them like to do it a lot of them it's a dream for uh, a lot of these fighters to fight in japan people have not if you have yep. not experienced as a fighter fighting in japan fuck it's insane it's crazy there's there's so many things so many things i could say about it i've fought there three times there's so many things i can say about it it's fantastic it's, a,
2: it's an it's an atmosphere that is unique in the fight world yeah. because it is not what you get as far as the electricity of, of an Irish crowd or an American crowd or any of those other crowds that are out there that are, you know, real boisterous and everything. But there's a respect factor of what you're doing from all the fans. Mm-hmm. They respect you as, you know, a fighter going in there and whatever you're going to do, they don't care if it's a ground attack. They don't care if it's a stand-up attack. They just care that you fight. Mm-hmm. That's what they yeah. care about. And when you do, and you're doing something that they can see that's good, the the volume there, and the whole arena goes in, and then it goes down to nothing, <laughs> and it's it's amazing. It's something you can't get anywhere else. And it, and for any fighter, yeah, fighting in Japan is cool. And so that fight, I could see it. I could see it happen. Well, I here here's my here's my one thing that I don't see. How does the guy? In Nate Diaz, the guy that you can look and say, as real as it gets, right? Because that was the old UFC slogan, you know, as real as it gets. And so Nate Diaz is a guy. He's as real as it gets. How could he be going over the WWE? (laughs) John. You don't know how he's gonna over <laughs> the <at WWE? laughs> There it is! I got it, dude. Did you see that? Dave, I just took Dave, and just
4: pulled it your right in. on dude. We got to
1: see the emotion on your face as <laughs> so you try to dig yourself John, out John, of this one. John, go no, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead,
4: Dave. So we have, ahead, we Dave. have it. It's all made up, John. The whole story is here what? and it's ready. It's built, right? It's all you, made up. Is, are you, are, you, you, are you, you? Did you just hear yourself? No, 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 it's real life. It's all made up. Nate has his last fight, <laughs> right? Yeah. DC says some stuff about Nate getting smashed by Hamza. He's lucky Hamza fell out. Nate calls him a fat effer, right? DC goes to WWE and referees a match. He Nate did. goes to WWE and hangs it. Boy, with and he H. looked good doing that, didn't he? Jeez. We have the WrestleMania main event for Hollywood next year. DC's from not from San Jose, but you know he's based in San Jose. Nate Diaz from Stockton. WrestleMania's in Hollywood. We have the main event for oh WrestleMania next year. <laughs> Stockton versus A.K.A. Oh, Stockton versus Gilroy. Oh, man. I love it. Jeez. It's a fight of the century, man. Fight of the century right fight there. Of
2: the century. Nate Diaz against the Foot Locker manager. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. That's <laughs> fucked up. John throwing some shade towards my boy DC. Oh, come on, I love it. Oh. Come on, when you see DC in that black and oh. white and he's coming out, I go. Someone said. Someone said. Right, they go. He looks like a Footlocker manager. Go. Oh my no, God, he does. <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> That's a great smile. You know what? The, be- the th- I want to say this, and and I mean this from the bottom mark DC. I love the fact that you were able to do something. I that- I know that was like a dream oh, of his. Sure. He loves that stuff. And so he's so into it. And the fact that he could be part of that, that's one of those moments in time. Priceless.
1: Yeah.
2: It's priceless. And congratulations to you for being able to be part of it.
1: Kids got to see him do it, man. His family got to see him do it. Like, can you imagine your kids? I don't know if his kids are into the pro wrestling stuff. I'm sure they are because there's dads. Oh God, because of him. But like, just see your dad walk out, be part of that. That's fucking fantastic. That's something that they'll never forget. Never forget. Yeah. It's awesome. So that's awesome. I think that's amazing. And uh It was. Um but I really believe that this
2: fight right here on the horizon. I think you hold on, you have to admit I did suck Dave oh, right yeah, in yeah. with that whole but thing. But you
4: also have to remiss- admit you underestimated <laughs> the caliber of WrestleMania's potential main event next year. What are you talking year. about? How <laughs> can caliber. you how can you not do DC versus Nate Diaz for the BMF title in WWE? <laughs> <laughs> the BMF title <laughs> This guy, you see,
2: we, we got to come up with a, we got to come up with a, a different BMF. It's got to be something with the W that it something gotta in there's got to
4: change. The 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 biggest MFR, right? No, they, no, the they biggest. Got, they got to get high before the fight, and then they got to, they got to wrestle high so that they come out. Whoever wins is <laughs> the biggest. Oh, my god! word, but it sounds cool. This guy, Most fake. <laughs> Dave's face
1: lights up every time WWE <laughs> gets brought up on this show. It's like, ding, ding. That's why uh, I said, turn your camera on. It's almost like the lights come on. Look at how, look at how lit up his face is right look now. The, just, there's a dude.
4: reason these guys have millions of followers on Instagram, because they are both prepared to uh, get involved with the WWE. No, it's because they're like,
1: both fucking <laughs> great fighters. That's why. All right, let's get back to the real fight. The, the, the Ryzen interested in, in making the Diaz and the Floyd. I think they end up making that fight. I think cause Coker's had a connection with Diaz for years now, him and his brother both. I think that, um, while they were working this whole deal out with Bellator and with Ryzen, you know, for the New Year's show, I think that, um, the connection with Diaz was kind of helped made probably the bridge was broken maybe by Scott Coker to help get them connected to do this on the New Year's Eve show
2: and you, and you have to figure that right now Nate is still in that 90 day period where he can only negotiate with the UFC as far as a new contract mm. but mm. since he uh, no you, you, you is get this over yes absolutely no it's not over yet it might be by the time that fight would take place on new year's eve mm-hmm. but being that it's boxing he can negotiate
1: mm, interesting
2: interesting free agent he can negotiate a boxing wow I didn't even think about fight. that. I thought would have
1: thought yeah. that it would have been up because he was fully released from his contract after he fought his last fight, but he has they have ninety day matching rights normally.
2: That's yeah. right. Interesting. So he's right now, he's got, you know, but in boxing, he could go to boxing and, and do anything. Him and him and Floyd, I really believe would sell a shit
1: ton of pay per views. I'm thinking three, three and a half million.
2: I will tell you what, it, it, I don't know what it would do in Japan, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. but here, I think you would. I think you would sell. You get you you would get people's interest because if there's like, the one thing about you know, Floyd is who he is, yeah. and he's. I don't think Nate's gonna outbox Floyd, but Nate's hold on, Nate's length. He's Nate has definitely been in the in the ring mm-hmm. with guys of Floyd's caliber. Okay. Every day, every day that he went and sparred with Andre Ward, trust me, that was the day that he was sparred, sparring one of the best in the world. And the fact, t- dude, size difference. Yeah, way different. I don't. You can take a look at this picture. That is not the way they would stand next to. No, each other. that's an old picture
1: too. That's after the mm-hmm. Flo- that's after the McGregor fight. That's an old picture.
2: Oh, is yeah, that? okay. That's after the McGregor and I, fight. And I'm telling you, that's that is not the size difference no. of Floyd and Nate. Uh-uh. It is much greater than what you're seeing right there. And the lengthwise, he would cause some problems as far as Nate would be able. I mean, uh, Floyd would be able to get himself in and out. But it would be an interesting contest. I'd watch. For sure, I'd watch. Oh, yeah. For sure. I think, that, yeah. I think they'd put it on pay-per-view,
1: maybe have it like in the middle of the day on a Saturday or whatever. I don't think you could run any of the midnight show like they would normally want to try to run it. That would put it at 4 or 5 in the morning. I, they would lose so much money if they did it that way. I mean, but then again, we've seen Japan. They've blown money for no fucking reason on fights that we just that made no there sense. There you go. And as long as the crowd's happy, that's all they give a shit about. So who knows? But I'm interested. It does It does interest me, I'll be honest.
4: All right, next. Yep. All right. Um, <clears throat> let's talk uh, 165, 165 pounds in <clears throat> MMA. Scott Coker basically said um that he so it came up and he basically said that he wouldn't do a 165 division unless everyone followed suit and the reason he wouldn't do it is because he doesn't want he doesn't like the idea of fighters jumping promotions and like you know here you have to go to 165 or uh, 155 but here you can go to 165 but then here you gotta go to 170 because of, you know like one fc that type of thing so um so scott coker has kind of laid out his position on 165 and he'll follow suit, but um, it doesn't sound like he is interested in doing it by himself.
1: I'm, I'm, You know what, John? I've always been a fan of the 165, but then I also had a good sit-down talk. I think you were there with me with Rich Chow. Yeah. I sat down with Rich Chow and I had a breakdown with him. Rich was the matchmaker for Bellator. He was the matchmaker for Strike Force, matchmaker for Elite XE, matchmaker for Rumble on the Rock. Rich Chow's been around. He's respected amongst Everybody, I mean, he is one of the best guys in the world. Um, fantastic, uh, matchmaker as well as just a fantastic, fantastic person. That being said, when he broke it down to me, I really started to understand the significance of watering down your talent. They would rather have one weight class in 155 being stacked and oversaturated, which Bellator doesn't have that problem. They've got 10 good, good, uh, lightweights now, now.
4: They no. didn't have that
1: before. They didn't, before. they didn't before. No. And um, you know, and the UFC has been blessed to have. They've been stacked with that division for a long time since the return of the lightweight division when they exactly. got rid of it and they said, "Hey, we don't have enough That's guys right. here. We just not. It's not working." Whatever it was, they got rid of that weight class during uh, 2003, 2004. Um, I just so happened to be the very last lightweight fight there ever was up until they brought it back against Eves. We were the last lightweight fight. Uh, that happening. I talked to Rich and Rich said, hey, you're going to have guys at 170 now that are struggling to make 170. They're going to make 175 just fine. But now those guys that weren't struggling to make 170, they're going to go to 65. So now you're going to water down 70 or 75 now if you're going to change it. And at 65, you're going to split the division at 155, now 65. And now you're going to have guys, you're going to have half the talent in each weight class that's there. And just to offer one more title. Now, for me, I think it makes sense for for Bell, for, not for Bellator, but for UFC to do it, and bump those those seventy pounders to one seventy five, because then you'll get some of those trickle down guys to um from eight sorry from eighty five to make the weight at seventy five, and make some fun. But then I get into the same thing that Rich was saying. I get scared that eighty five is already not a stacked division. It's kind of a, it's, it's the same five guys, six guys. It's very, you know, Paul Costa's been there for a long time. You know, you've got, uh, Whitaker's been there for a long time. You know, Izzy's been the champ for a long time. It's the same three, four guys. And then there's the rest of them that are interchangeable, but it's not a stacked division. You know, and some of those guys can make 75. You know, if you take some of those talented fighters at 185 in the UFC, they can make 75, John. And then you're watering down all three weight a classes. Couple. Yeah, a couple, a couple. You know, I, I just think you I think I have to take, I'm going to finally have to say, my boy Rich Chow is right. It's, you're going to water down one of the most, probably one of the best divisions in the whole sport at 155. Whether you do it in the UFC or you do it in, in Bellator, you're going to water it down so much and it's going to kind of fuck up the other divisions.
2: Let me, let, here, let me, let me point it out to you this way then. Dave, pull up the UFC's rankings because The UFC absolutely could do a 165, easily. And it would not water down anything. Bullshit if anyone's saying it's watering it down. Because if you look at 55s, you look at 70s, and you look at 85s, anything that's going in between there, because the 55 is going to stay exactly where it's Mm -hmm. at. Now, you could have several of those people move up into that 65. okay, But it's not going to be Michael Chandler, really. He's, he's a guy that wants to cut down and be at that lower weight. You could see a guy like Islam Makashev, yeah. who is big mm-hmm. and he cuts a lot. He could definitely go up to that sixty-five, and it would be a good thing for him. Did you Something see like that Gamera. picture
1: of him and Bilal Muhammad next to each other?
2: Of Islam and no. Bilal Muhammad, Islam Bilal Muhammad. No. <laughs> it was like it was, <laughs> I was like, well, and that's, but you could you are not going to lose a lot. There is a maybe two guys. In that weight class of fifty five, I would look and say, you should go up to sixty five. It's gonna help your career. And I think Islam is honestly one of those, yeah. and he's he's that guy right, you know, knocking on the door of being a champ. But you know, take a look at the seventies, every one of those could be seventy five, no problem. A couple could go to sixty five, Michael Chiesa could go to sixty five. Yeah. I really believe that he could go to sixty five. I think Sean Brady could make it to sixty five. Absolutely. Bilal Muhammad could make it to 65 Mm -hmm. and maybe Gilbert because Gilbert you know he's gotten pretty thick lately Mm -hmm. and so yeah you may have a little bit more of a problem but Colby Covington and Gilbert could make it to 65 that that really is taking some of that out of there Mm -hmm. but it's not taking so much that it's killing your division you still have Leon Edwards at the top. You got Kamaru Usman. I don't think Kamaru can lose. You know, going down to sixty five. I think he would go to seventy five, yeah. and it would only help him as a fighter. And then if you take a look at the 85s, who's going to really drop? Darren Till is going to try to drop. Darren Till is going to try to go to that seventy five. That five pounds make a big difference. Curtis Chris Curtis would Kelvin Gastelum sure will would. definitely be the guy. I think Darren Till, going down. Darren to Till
1: would that. go back down to sixty. 70, I already said five. that. Oh, sorry, Darren okay. Till.
2: Darren Till. I said that. That was the first one I said. He's going to do it. But Derek Brunson is not, you know, Alex Perea definitely cannot. I don't think Marvin Venturi can get yeah, down there. I don't think Jaron Cannonier can get down there. Sean Strickland could could possibly be that guy that could get mm-hmm. down into that. Okay. So really we're talking four guys. What about Whitaker? You're not losing any. What about Whitaker? I know he's gotten bigger as he's filled off the weight, but he's
1: talking about he's Whitaker talking about could going definitely to, set, to 205. He's going to 205 instead of going to 75. So I mean, I could see him potentially making that cut to 75. But he is getting older, and he's already put the weight on. He's matured in terms of physically. He's gotten yep. a lot bigger, thicker. Physically, he's thick. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So that'd be harder, I think, for him to make that adjustment to get back down to 75. But, but he may try. But
2: tell me that. Tell me if the UFC did that. It's gonna water things down. Bullshit. They're gonna have another weight class with great fights, a championship to put on the line at times. They have the personnel. Yeah. They have the lineup. They could do it. No problem I agree, because you're also what you're what we're not even talking
1: about is that you're gonna get some of those forty five pounders to maybe trickle up as well to fifty five. Because oh, yeah. now that some of those 55. other guys that you know, the Islam Akachevs are spacing. big. You know, there's certain guys that are pretty big for the weight. They're gonna go. They're gonna finally go by the side. They're gonna go away.
2: To, tell me, 65 wouldn't be the perfect weight class for Islam?
1: It'd be. I think it'd be fantastic. Perfect. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Yep. I think. I think. Like, I think. Had Habib been around for that, it would have been. He would have done 55. He would have won the title and probably done 65. Yeah. He would have tried to do both. Yep. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see what happens. But okay. I understand why Scott doesn't want to do it. Um I would like to see it, us lead the way in it, but we just don't have the we don't have a deep enough roster to do it. That's the problem. Sometimes
2: you can't do it, and, yeah. and that's you know when you, that's the difference yeah. between looking at having a roster of three hundred and yeah. a roster of six hundred. Yep. And you got double it, you can do yep. it. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, yeah, that's exact You said the point exactly is we only have a roster of about three hundred fighters, and he's got the UFC's got a roster of six hundred, almost closer to seven hundred. So it's easier to yep. make those little adjustments if you want to add a one weight class. So. That's right. All right, next.
4: All right, we're going to wrap up on this one. Uh, T.O. Ortiz says he he is having a rematch against Chael Sonnen in February. What do you guys (laughs) think about this? Uh,
2: I don't know. (laughs) You know, it's funny because I know it's one fight that Chael would love to get back. He definitely does not like Tito. Yeah. You know, most guys cannot get under Chael's skin, and he'll never show it, but he just mm-hmm. doesn't like Tito.
4: Okay.
2: Tito got it over him, and it was Bellator 170. Yeah. You know, and, uh, Can
1: I ask you a question? Yeah. John, where where are they going to do this fight?
2: Oh, I have no idea.
1: Like, and if they uh-huh. do it, who's going to pay for it?
2: Uh, see, that's, you know, don't ask me. Maybe the UFC will have him back. Who knows? I don't think to, I, don't, I don't. think Scott's interested in it. No, you know, not so. for the money that I know that Tito's been
1: requesting for most of the places he's been going. He's been requesting a ridiculous amount of money. I don't. <laughs> I, and I like Tito. You know, whatever. I like Tito. <clears throat> um, and I, I love Chael. Uh, Chael's of course he's great. He's, he's great. He's a great guy, man. Um, I don't. I don't know where they're gonna go to do this show. Yeah. See, I, I don't know huh. I, I'm interested to I see where either. it'll end up I, I don't think it'll end up at Bellator Because I don't think we want to pay for that fight um, the, I doubt the UFC would put it on I really doubt it So doubt you're going to look at maybe like a Triller Didn't Triller get bought by somebody?
2: But Triller doesn't do MMA uh, I don't know then John I, That's the Dorito chip the, And Triller just added another problem oh, so Jesus. I, I don't see that one happening
1: I don't know where you would go man. I don't know Maybe bare knuckle boxing would do like one off of just MMA. <laughs> that's know. not an MMA. Either. I know, but maybe you just never know, <laughs> man. I don't know. All right. Well, hey, oh. look, if it happens, I know that Chael, Chael said to us multiple times that that's what he's looking forward to is maybe another shot at che- Tito. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Tito is still, we still willing to fight is what it is. Uh, all right. Go to waitingpodcast.com. Pick up some of our merch. We got sweatshirts, sweaters, sweatshirts. We got sweatshirts, hoodies, long sleeves, short sleeves. Winter's coming, so make sure you get them hoodies on. Oh, man, we got the long sleeve uh shirts as well with all the logos, all different brands, all different everything. So check it out. So hope you guys like it. We got the coffee mugs, too, for the winter. WayneInPodcast.com. And, oh, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button on the bottom. That little thumbs up and that little bell. We're going to be dropping a special video, which we're going to get off right now from you guys. And we're going to film it right now, a separate little special video. And, um, you guys are gonna have to make sure you guys hit that bell in our clips channel. That clips channel link is down below. Hit that little link that'll take you to our clips, clips channel. Hit the subscribe button there. And, uh, we'll be dropping some special content for you guys. Cause guess what? It's fucking Big John's birthday. And that's what we're here to do for you guys. Happy 60th, my man. We're here to get happy 60th. And, uh, you don't look a day Thank over you, 61.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, love about I love you, that. baby. I think that's the youngest you've ever called me. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. It'll probably be the youngest I
1: ever call you forever. Yeah. Forever. forever. Buddy, that's take us it. away, man.
2: Hey, for everyone out there, I hope you have as good a time as I just had doing this show. And thank you to all my friends who said happy birthday to me. Thank you to my man, Josh Thompson, and Podcast Dave. You guys are the best. And for everyone out there, I hope your day is as good as mine. We will see you.
0: Okay, so we're telling stories about Big John McCarthy. Happy to do it uh, right away. I knew which story I was going to tell. I have a couple of stories about him, but I think by probably my favorite one to tell every now and then I've got to uh, bust John's chops about this um, when the time was right. But okay, I'll lay it down the scene for you. Fight. We're refere- uh, refereeing referee UFC. John has the fight with Quentin Jackson and Chuck Liddell. Huge fight. If you guys remember how fanatical Chuck the Dell fans were, how fanatical people were about Quentin Jackson, John gets the match. Boom, boom, boom. Quentin catches him, beats him down, grounding and pounding, hurt him, grounding, you know, he hurt him, dropped him, ground and pound. John stops the fight. Good stoppage. Clearly, uh, was a great stoppage. But at the time, Chuck the Dell fans were rabid. And so in the corner, out of a certain area in the, in the arena, I mean, it's a big arena, it's T Mobile, You can you can hear, boo starting from a certain area i mean they're just i mean it wasn't a bad stop it was a great stop but anytime you know these are Chuck Liddell fans the boos are starting and john when they started to boo he looked up like with this face like what and it was hilarious because they instantly shut up and it's such a funny thing because these were grown men in an arena I mean, they're so far away from him. You could hear that the boos were coming from the top. There's no way that he could travel through all that space, through all those people, and get to them. And, I mean, as much as I would like to think he could, and probably as much as they felt he could, it was a bunch of them. He couldn't beat them all up. But they all shut up like he could, as if they felt he could. The only thing, I, I used to always compare it to, like, Lord of the Rings magic. Like, and they felt the pressure of his gaze and grew silent. And, uh... I don't know it was i always thought i always got a kick out of the funny thing about it is i saw chuck that night and i was like oh man rough night he's all yeah but the stop the stop was good i go oh okay yeah i'm glad i'm glad you think so you know because chuck never thought a stop was good and i was like uh man you know but you know i don't think i could have made that stop he's like oh you <laughs> oh no no not you no you couldn't make that stop <laughs> but uh hey happy 60th birthday big john keep being you and i hope to see you again soon brother
4: to my all-time favorite ref the big six 6-0. zero happy 60th birthday big john i hope it's a great one and many more to come
1: big john happy birthday my man you're an amazing human being much love from the bader family have a great day and i'll see you soon buddy
2: Big job Yeah, what you know turn 60 huh? hi man wow well, let see you thing. Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday to you, John! Happy birthday to you! Have a great one,
3: brother! I noticed most of the stories were about John making fun of us more than, you know, John, a funny story about John. So it was like John instigating or John. Doing whatever kind of shenanigans as he would do, but there was one story that I thought of um, that I thought of about John, and it was our first event together, working together. It was at WEC in Sacramento, and John had officially retired as a referee, but was was coming back and. You know, for whatever reason, in this situation, he was a, a judge <clears throat> at this WEC. So here, here we are, you know, John, who, f- for all intents and purposes, is the best referee, certainly most experienced MMA referee, judging, and me, you know, refereeing as a relatively new referee. <clears throat> but I was like, uh, having this really bad back spasm where I couldn't, I couldn't move very well at all. I could hardly breathe, <clears throat> you know, and quite problematic for refereeing. And um, I'm doing everything I can, stretching, taking ibuprofen, proof and doing whatever. <clears throat> it's the vent is about to start, and we're in the back, and I don't know if John was just saying hi, or new, or was just checking on me, or was just walking by, but here I am, this new person who really has never, has no personal relationship with John at all, and here John is you know um as a judge getting ready to go judge the event and he's like how's it going i'm like not well at all i cannot move um i'm i'm really i can't i don't know how i'm going to referee he's like okay well, you know get down and and um he started like stretching me he's stretching me out so here we have this person that is for you know whatever reason judging when he should have been refereeing helping out this person who he's never personally really met before has no personal relationship with but he's just helping me <clears throat> and it's a it's a big event for me it's a big deal um m- most people I've ever refereed in front of I'm sure at the time and He, uh, you know, he's the one who got me through that by doing that for me. It seems like a little thing, but it it wasn't a little thing. It was a big thing. And when I was putting together my stories about John, I just kept seeing this overarching theme about regardless of if it was right for John or not, he just did the right thing. And I was just really proud to be able to call him my friend. Hi, happy birthday. Good (laughs) job. Happy birthday, buddy. You 60, sexy beast, you. I'm going to give you a bite on the butt next time I see you.
4: (laughs) We just wanted to wish you the very best birthday. And we love you and hope you have a very special day.